0: this is the 20 bell salute a 20 year look back each month on wrestling movies video games music tv and so much more exclusively on the wrestle addict radio patreon hosted by yours truly mr Fretz of the game changer podcast yes no maybe What is up, fam? This is Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Legendary JF. Welcome to the 20 Bell Salute, February 2000. February, February, however you pronounce this month, it don't matter. Yes, this is February 2000, where I'm going to be talking about WWE's No Way Out, which includes the Hell in the Cell match between Cactus Jack and Triple H, career versus title. You will hear what's been going on in WCW and ECW, as well as some notable movie and television releases, including one that I am beating myself up over for not mentioning last month. And I'm going to just go for a quick trip in the Wayback Machine and give an old friend of mine a shout out along the way. So in February 2000, what was I doing? Well, 10th grade, I'm still going through 10th grade at this point in time. I'm hanging out with all my friends. I'm, I think I was going to the, our, our church's youth group quite regularly at this point in time. Got to give a shout out to my old youth pastor, Kyle. Uh, I don't know if you're hearing this. I doubt you will. I hope you're not hearing me cuss like this as much as I have, but I haven't cussed yet, and I'm only a minute 45 in. So we'll we'll see how that goes, folks. Um, Yeah, so every Saturday in my small town, I would wake up in the morning and head down to our public library to use the internet. Hey, remember when not? every home had the internet and it was like very expensive it's still very expensive but anyways where you could just go to a public place and sit down and use it talk to your friends on messenger uh download and play games on newgrounds <laughs> yeah i'm going way back here folks so i would often find uh one of my best friends in the entire world a guy that i considered I think my best friend at this time in 2000 and that was my buddy uh my buddy Wakeley uh Andrew if you're hearing this all the way out all the way out where you are now at West I love you buddy I miss you tons and I hope someday you and I can catch up over a beer Wake Star here's to you buddy so I would always find him him there and then uh when we were both done using the internet and hanging out we would often, you know, go back to his apartment for a little bit, pick up some stuff and head to my place and, you know, play some Nintendo 64 or watch some movies, uh, just hang out, chat and chill and, and have a good time. Uh, Wakely was, uh, he was a great guy to hang out with awesome musician as well. I remember him and, uh, Harley, uh, shout out to Harley. <laughs> you might hear this too. <laughs> um, At our two truth group, we a couple of times we would have an open mic night where you just go there. You can do a poetry slam, you can do a testimonial, you can you know recite a Bible verse, or or just you know play some tunes. So Wakeley and Harley formed a band. I think it was only them two. There might have been a drummer in there. I forget. Ryan, Ryan, I'm gonna shout you out too. If Ryan's hearing this, uh, you might have been involved somehow but they had a band named chewable fist i wish i still had their cd that they tape recorded on the cds at my old church and if you were to plug it into a cd player today it would only work on the left speaker yeah it was one of those and wakely his dad had a guitar a bass guitar however in like the Uh, Okay, you can tell I'm not a musician, but the head of the guitar, not the head, the bottom, the bass, where the strings are, musician friends, help me out, please, uh, was covered in pictures of boobs. uh, Whether they were covered in soap or semen or just boobs. And uh, my pastor, he was really cool, but he's just like... uh, Wakely, you're going to have to cover that up with construction paper. So down to the kids room we go and co- covering this boob guitar up with construction paper didn't do a good enough job. You can still see see it through the cracks, but oh, man, it was fun. And we would also um, fill 3.5 disks. You know, that thing that's your save button on Microsoft Word, kids. Yeah, I would download Nintendo games and emulators and ROMs onto this little disk, bring them home. Upload them to my Windows 95 one gigabyte computer. My gosh. And uh, play games like that. Uh, oh, it was fun. I got to give a big shout out. Andrew, I love you, buddy. Uh, so going on to uh, what else was going on. Um, you know, my back was recovering. I think I had my six month checkup back at Sick Kids Hospital at this point in time to see how things were progressing. And, you know, they're good. Today I have some pain, but it's just because of my lower back doing, you know, a lot of work. There's a lot of wear and tear back there, but it happens when you have your spine basically, uh, you know, Wolverine, if you will. So going in right into television, uh, last month, I'm kicking myself because I did not mention what was one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm talking about Malcolm in the Middle that started on January 9th, 2000 and ran until May 14th, 2006 seven seasons, 151 episodes, uh, seven Emmys, seven golden globe nominations, uh, a Peabody award, a Grammy. And my goodness, uh, Frankie Muniz, Jane, Jane, Kazmarek, Brian Cranston, Chris Masterson, Justin Burfield, Eric Per Sullivan, Kathleen Lloyd Burns, James and Lucas Rodriguez, the opening theme that you heard at the beginning of this show called Boss of Me by They Might Be Giants. Yes, Malcolm in the Middle. Now this show, (coughs) excuse me, often ran at the same time, excuse me, had to take a sip of tea there often ran in the same time slot as uh Simpsons King of the Hill family guy uh the Sunday night block and it was amazing you know this was just a great sitcom that just looked at a dysfunctional working class family with you know three kids and i know a lot of families who had you know three kids and they could really relate to this you know uh, i only have one sibling that's my older brother Uh, i actually work for him (laughs) hi dave (laughs) um it's just awesome you had the dynamic of the smarty smarty pants brainy uh frank frankie muniz you had dumb you had like you had dumb dumb reese and he had Dum Dum Dewey, you know, Malcolm, Lois, Hal, you know, Francis, the older brother that was in boarding school, um, you know, run by that amazing, uh, command, commandant, <clears throat> commandant Spangler played by Daniel Von Bargen was just fantastic. And I think he marries a, uh, an Inuit girl later in the show. So we had uh, Malcolm while having a genius level IQ, while he enjoys his intelligence, he despises the fact that he has to take special classes for gifted children. You know, they're mocked by the rest of the school. They're called Kralboins. You know, Jane is Jane Kazmarek is Malcolm's overbearing authoritarian mother, Lois. Brian Cranston, you know Heisenberg himself, uh, plays just an immature, bumbling, and loving fa- father Hal, and then we have you know Reese, who is just a dimwitted older brother, who is also you know a bully who tortures them tortures them at home, even while he defends him in school. Dewey, who is uh, he is kind of a dummy himself. He is bitter about his ruined childhood. He is smart, musically talented, and just, just fantastic. There was another child who I f- totally forgot about introduced in, I think it was season four, and it was another son called Jamie, who was a baby, and I believe that was played by James and Lucas Rodriguez. Uh, you know, Malcolm in the Middle, it, it ran for so long. It was a show that was often the talk of, of our lockers in school. Uh, One such episode was one that took place, I think in probably the second or third season. And it was one where they played the whole game. You know that game where you make a hole with your index finger and your thumb below your waist. And if the, and if the other person looks, you have to punch them. And what is everyone doing the next day at school? The whole game but it's that same whole game that my friends and I were playing for at least three years before this episode came out so they kind of they kind of ruined the whole game for me like but what my friends and I would do like uh w- w- if I tried doing this to wakely he would drill me it was funny up uh, on my buddy Dave at our youth group we used to do such elaborate versions of the whole game where we would you know make three holes on two hands with both of our fingers or thumbs and our middle fingers. So it would kind of look like the Triforce. And if you, if you looked at it, it was three, three and three, nine punches. But one thing they didn't talk about in the whole game is the thing that we twisted it with is if you broke the hole without looking at it, it was two punches for the hole maker. But if you broke the Triforce hole, it was three cubed. So it was more like 81 punches. Or we would make a giant circle with both of our hands. I'm, I'm doing this in front of the mic right now. And I'm like, why am I doing this if I'm not video recording this? i got to give a shout out to my buddy Dave, too. Uh, not to be confused with my brother, Dave. Or <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny. We had all these elaborate versions of it. Oh, man, I, I miss it. It, it, it was, it was so darn fun. Uh, moving, moving on, uh, the Simpsons had saddle sore Galactica, you know, season 11 where they, uh, Homer buys a, uh, race horse that Bart uses to race himself and, you know, try and make money or, or something. And, uh, Bart becomes a jockey, uh, Homer somehow ends up in this land of the jockeys, which looks like the Smurfs village. And they play this really weird and creepy, uh, you know, we are the jockeys song. And a lot of people think this is one of the jumping off points and one of the worst seasons and episodes of the Simpsons. But I thoroughly enjoyed this. You know, it had, it had a lot of great quotable moments and none that I actually wrote down. But one I remember is a comic book guy wearing a, worst episode ever t-shirt and he's just like need I remind you that the Simpsons already bought a horse causing Homer to work a second job at the nuclear plant with hilarious results and Homer's just like anybody care what this guy thinks and the next one oh I need tea for this one and not because I'm kind of dry oh yes yes it is we had the episode of the Simpsons alone again, Naturally," diddly where mod Flanders meets her unfortunate demise. And, uh, she goes to heaven. So Homer unknowingly, unwittingly accidentally kills mod Flanders. So the rat, they end up at a racetrack and mod goes away to the refreshment stand to bring, Ned back some hot dogs. No foot logs. They make you uncomfortable. So hot girls with, with the big boobs and the t-shirt guns come out. And Homer is just like, hey, I want a t-shirt. So he paints a bullseye on his belly out of ketchup and is dancing in front of the Flanderses. Maud goes away. She comes back. And when the t- T-shirt girls all fire their guns at Homer at the same time. He bends down to pick up a bobby pin. The t-shirts hit Maude. She falls off the bleachers to her death. So this is Ned Flanders coping with his with his loss, trying to get it back up in the dating game. Uh, the part where you know Ned's, you know Homer's helping Ned make a dating video, and. It's like, you know, he he does a video, he takes a video of Ned showering and they, and they put the, you know, the blur over Ned, over Ned's dick. And it's enormous. And it made me very, very insecure about my not big one. <laughs> and it's like, it went down to his knees. My goodness. And at the end of it, they're like, oh, I taped over Marge's marge giving birth to Maggie. so at the very end of the dating video you see marge just like whoosh, 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 and camera pans down of course it doesn't show anything and ned's like yeah you sent this to all the dating agencies in springfield oh my goodness uh simpsons uh family guy was still on hiatus at this point in time uh the pjs i think was as well but i only like to Talk about ones that I liked. Futurama, I believe, was also on on a hiatus. I didn't write anything down for Futurama because I usually do. So moving right into movies, we have the Tigger movie, which is also known as Winnie the Pooh and the Family Tree, which was their working title. Now, excuse me again. This was, you know, the the first uh feature-length Winnie the Pooh film because the other one, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, was a collection of previously released shorts like uh Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, uh Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. Uh I think <coughs> I think there was another one in there. But this is something that when I was a kid, I loved Winnie the Pooh. I mean when I got Disney Plus uh, one of the first things I saw other than seeking out Humphrey, the bear cartoons uh, was Winnie the Pooh. And I just got so nostalgic. This is something that, you know, my mom and I used to watch my mom, you know, still, still loves Winnie the Pooh. Cause I got, I got her like a Winnie the Pooh storybook for Christmas. You know, she loved it. Uh, you know, my, my parents are at that age where it's like, you know, you don't have to get me anything kind of deal. So, what we do is we'll get them a gift card or we'll get them like a thoughtful we'll gift from the heart, you know, like uh, pictures with her grandkids, my niece and nephew, and that kind of thing. So, excuse me, my goodness, this mic's going to pick up everything. Uh, in this film, Tigger is voiced by Jim Cummings because the original voice actor, Paul Winchell. Retired from the role in 1999, and unfortunately passed away in 2005. Now, Winchell was a great Tigger, and Jim Cummings himself, uh, I think he did him justice. He did very, very well with Tigger. Uh, This is a movie that received three nominations from the Annie Awards, and this was just in the Hundred Acre Wood. You know, Tigger is searching for someone to bounce with him, but all of his friends are too busy you know, to get ready for the hibernating season for the upcoming winter. And while while he searches, Tigger inadvertently destroys Eeyore's house with a boulder. Oh, and he later damages the complex pulley system that Rabbit has rigged up to remove the boulder, much to his frustration. Uh, the rest of Tigger's friends say they're they are not quite as bouncy as he is because they are not Tiggers like him. You know, the wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Uh, they're bouncy, flouncy, trouncy, flouncy, fun, 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 fun. Oh, man, that takes me back. How do I still know all the words to the Tigger song? This is gonna be a fun podcast, folks. I would have it would have been fun if I had someone to bounce off of. Hey, I did not intend for that. Whew. Okay, yeah, so this is all about, you know, Tigger having like a self-searching moment. I thought this was the one with the Heffalump, but I think that one was actually called the Heffalump movie or something like that. But yeah, this is one, you know, it was completely all about Tigger, and I'm completely okay with that because I absolutely love Tigger. One of my favorite uh, characters on on Winnie the Pooh after, you know, Pooh himself. And my, my goodness. And Tom Attenborough played Christopher Robin here. Hmm. And John Hurt, the narrator, I believe he was the narrator for all those shorts uh, quite some time ago. It was, uh, yeah, th- this was a very, a very, very fun movie. Uh, moving on, we have Scream 3. Uh, there is somehow five of these movies, but this is just one of those slasher movies that if you grew up, in the same time as I did, these were movies that you had to watch because your friends were watching because it was cool. Now, this is a classic slasher who done it, but this one was more of a self-aware movie because I think this was like one of those movie within a movie things. And, you know, we had Dev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Patrick Dempsey, Scott Foley, Lance Hendrickson, uh, Matt Kessler, Jenny McCarthy, Emily Mortimer, Parker Posey, Dion Richmond, and Patrick Warburton. What really? <laughs> cool. Learned something new every day. Uh, yeah. So this is the third installment in the Scream franchise. Uh, it was the last one until Scream Four in two thousand eleven, and I believe this year, um, unless it's actually forthcoming, is uh, was Scream Five. So we have, you know. Cotton Weary, now living in Los Angeles, is the host of a nationally syndicated TV show, 100% Cotton. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. So it is called in by Ghostface, who demands to know the whereabouts of Sidney Prescott. Uh, Cotton refuses, and Ghostface comes to his home, where he and his girlfriend, Christine, are murdered. So this is, you know, Sydney Prescott. I believe she was played by... uh, Yep, she was played by Nev Campbell. And this is just another another Who Done It? Scream movie. Uh, I haven't revisited the Scream franchise since I was a teenager, so I can't tell you whether I like this this movie or not. It was okay at the time, but I think my favorite had to be number two. Uh, and I love that how uh, these movies were spoofed in the original uh, Scary Movie. The first and second one. The the rest were garbage. Uh, next we have. Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck. This was just a poorly received American action crime th- thriller with Ben Affleck, Charlie Staron, Clarence Williams III. And it was the last uh the last movie directed by John Frankenheimer, who also directed, you know, The Birdman of Alcatraz, the Mancurian candidate, Seven Days in May, uh, The Train, among, among other things. And you know, I think he passed away. Just after this. Oh, and this movie also had Danny Trejo. So that's kind of cool. I don't think I ever watched it. Uh, It was talked about in a lot of cartoons at the time that made fun of Ben Affleck. So that's a no for me. Uh, The Whole Nine Yards is another one that came out. This was a crime black comedy film starring Bruce Willis, Matthew Perry, Rosanna Arquette, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, Natasha... Hennestridge, Amanda Peet, and Kevin Pollack. Uh This was just, I think, a kind of a, a crime comedy film along the lights of Lockstock. Again, this is something I don't think I watched. I probably did. Uh, but, you know, it had a sequel called The Whole Ten Yards four years after this. It had Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry, so I imagine it wasn't that bad. So I'm, I'm all for it here. Okay, in music, we have Smashing Pumpkins, uh, The Machines of God, ACDC's Stiff Upper Lip, Three Doors Down, The Barrier Life, which includes their hits, My Kryptonite, When I'm Gone, and Be Like That. I believe it has the latter two movies. I mean, songs, my gosh. Uh, The single Korn, Make Me Bad, was out from, I believe that was from the album Issues. And in music, speaking of full circle, we have a single from Skillet. Yes, the current, the current um, uh, singers of the of the Monday Night Raw theme had an album in two thousand. They've actually been around since nineteen ninety six. They have been releasing albums since since then you know not with other original members but i believe uh john cooper and his wife Corey, i believe are the only two uh original members left you know members like ben Cassica were in there and uh, there was another uh jen ledger i think is there or she had a single uh single album but i just want to give you a sneak preview of best K- of best kept secret from invincible Dude, it slaps. It's good. Yeah, they went through a bit of a new, a new metal techno phase in the early two thousands. Oh. That's uh, that... <laughs> look at look at this. they were wearing like Matrix leather in this video. Yeah, just this uh, skillet. You know, we all know they're like they're a great, great Christian rock band, and I love. That they have the theme song to Monday Night Raw. Um, in video games, we had the only release that I could find in here that was any anything notable was The Sims. Now, I didn't play The Sims; wasn't really my cup of tea. Although I dabbled into other simulation, but RTS kind of games like Command and Conquer, the original Warcraft, and I think I played like Sim City. On Windows 95 in in elementary school and folks uh, I'm actually running out of time on this uh, segment thank you anchor for allowing me to record 30 minutes when I come back from this non-commercial commercial commercial break I am going to dabble into WCW and ECW before talking about no way out and at the and after the no way out you know section of this is actually a watch along for the main event for the hell in the cell match. So stay tuned with that. Uh, And yeah, be right back. And I'm back folks. Frets here. 20 bell salute. Welcome back. Before I go on with uh, the rest of the show here, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the rest of my wrestle addict radio crew. That being My good brother and co-host, Nate the effing Great on the Game Changer podcast, Zach from the Young Lions Perspective podcast, and as well as the Kings of the Rings podcast with Mix Kate Murphy, Willie T. Will Tarashuk, and Your Highness, the Royal Run, my liege, King Ricky Rosé. Now, I got into talking about so much of... My personal life and the movies and shows and whatnot from February 2000 that I forgot to venture into other wrestling. Now, ECW was not having a pay-per-view this month. They would not have one until March uh, being Living Dangerously. So I will not be talking about them until then. Uh March 2000 is going to be a loaded show, folks. Uh, So we had super brawl 2000 because everything in the world was still going through the 2k craze uh the y2k craze and it was ending everything in 2000 from songs to television shows to you name it so super brawl in the legendary cow palace in san francisco california in front of a scathing 8,597 fans approximately. I think that was something like that according to Wikipedia. So we had a singles match for the vacant WCW Cruiserweight Championship. We had a a tournament in which Prince Ayakea and Lash Laru would be in the finals. You know, uh Prince Ayakea would defeat uh, Kid Romeo. And Psych- Kaz Hayashi would beat, would beat Psychosis. Ikea beat ha- Hayashi to get to this, this part. And for Lash LaRue, he defeated Evan Courageous. Shannon Moore defeated Shane Helms. Lash LaRue defeats Shannon Moore. And here we are in the finals. So, artist formerly known as Prince Aikea. WCW's answer to Prince. Accompanied by Paisley, a.k.a. Queen Charmel. Yep, the artist would defeat... Lash LaRue to win the cruiserweight title after a distraction spot and a diving DDT. DDT. Uh, Brian knobs whom I met very nice guy accompanied by Finn fit Finley defeating Bam Bam Bigelow for the hardcore championship after some distraction spots by Finley and a trash can lid to the head by, uh, by knobs. And I don't know how the rest of some of these matches went. I'm not going to bother getting too deep into them uh, three count defeated Norman Smiley in a handicap match. The wall brother defeated the demon tank Abbott defeated big L green in a leather jacket on a pole match, Uh big T AKA uh, Ahmed Johnson accompanied by Stevie Ray and someone named Jay Biggs, who I believe was Clarence Mason Uh, Defeated Booker in a singles match with the Pearl River Plunge. I believe this was that match in which use of the electric T was on the line. You know, a match that we would probably would have seen on Sesame Street. You know, the count versus Snuffleupagus in a a T Street fight with Oscar the Grouch as the special guest referee. So next we had Billy Kidman. Defeating Vampiro, the Mamelukes, Big Vito, and Johnny Bull retaining the yes retaining the tag team championship in a Sicilian stretcher match. Ric Flair defeating Terry Funk in a Texas Death Match in something that would have taken place twenty years prior to this. And finally, Sid Vicious retained the World Heavyweight Championship in a three way dance against Scott Hall and Jeff. Jarrett, oh my goodness Mance, how did you do it man how did you get through bad wcw shout out to the Mance, formerly of the gift of podcast uh, i hope you're doing well bro i i miss listening to you rant on about bad wcw and uh yeah good times man god bless you so opening up here we had Kurt Angle against Chris Jericho for the intercontinental championship. You know, Kurt Angle being the current European champion recently defeating Val Venus on an episode of SmackDown. He has been fighting his stride as a heel, even if he's cutting like your cheap American Canadian, whatever sports team heat. He is, excuse me, he's working and This particular night, No Way Out took place from Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford, of course, being the former home of the Hartford Whalers NHL team who moved to Carolina, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina in, I believe, 1997 or 98. And as far as I know, uh, Hartford folks, uh, they miss their Whalers. They love their Whalers. Uh, I once a season... Carolina had recently been doing a whalers night and they would also be, you know, using the green, the green jerseys and the, and the brass bonanza. So Kurt angle was like, you know, talking about giving out and cutting a promo on Hartford. And he's like, you know, unlike the whalers, I will return. I will return a winner. It's like, much like the whalers left Cal uh, left Hartford. I too will leave Hartford and uh, Kurt. I I gotta say, man, that that takes a lot of balls. As Brass... As Brass... As... As... Oh, my gosh. As Brass Bonanza plays me off here. There's one thing you don't do, Kurt. You don't go to Hartford and push the Whalers button. Much like you don't go to Seattle and press the Supersonics button. Actually... I didn't know the Supersonics lost their NBA team until like a year ago. Uh, shout out to John Ritland of the Gerbinator for that for uh, bringing that up. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. China has been accompanying Chris Jericho to matches as of late. I, beget, I guess uh, these two became frenemies in a way after... Uh, Jericho defeated China for the Intercontinental title, I think the previous month, maybe even in December, I, I forget when. Uh, Chris Jericho, of course, is wearing his No Mercy attire, and I think it was at this event and some other events throughout the early part of 2000 in which uh, everyone was doing kind of their uh, screen grabs and their uh, proto prototype um, attire for their uh uh spots in in the no mercy n64 game and I can't wait till we get to talk about that on this show because I I can go on for a whole episode about no mercy I might even do it uh it's a shame that my, my copy no longer works you know I don't think my n64 even works anymore the game itself is all rusted out my memory packs are dead they're 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 gone I put a lot a lot of hours into No Mercy. Although I didn't get the game until about 02-03 because uh, I wasn't working much and I was out with my cousin I think at a EB Games or GameStop for American listeners. And the GameCube had already been out for at least a year. N64s were on clearance. I got it for like 50 bucks. So then I picked up like Zelda, WrestleMania 2000, Paper Mario, Perfect Dark, you know, the classics. And I bought No Mercy a little bit later off of uh, an old friend of mine from high school named Carlos. If you're somehow hearing this, Carlos, I probably still owe you five bucks because <laughs> I paid you. An, I paid him in increments of like loonies and toonies and fives uh, and coffees for this game because I was so darn desperate for it. And you know what? I love it. I loved every minute of playing that game. And my goodness. So anyways, Jericho uh, is coming out in that attire. He cuts his funny promo. uh, Calling uh, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angel. uh, Saying that his three eyes are idiot, imbecile, and ignoramus. I will retain the Intercontinental Championship because I am one bad mama jamma. I guess he was trying to make that a thing. And for a while, it kind of was because the crowd was playing sing along with it. So we saw a bunch of ring post spots in this match. A whip into the steps. Chris Jericho does a really nice acai moonsault. Uh, Kurt Angle with his magnifique Uh, super belly to belly suplex. Uh, A whole whack of signs in the crowd. And the one that caught my eye on the front row was kingwhack.com. And I went in incognito mode because i was morbidly curious about this and folks uh if you want to buy the url kingwhack.com uh it's up it's it's available so uh porn sites i'm surprised you haven't jumped on that yet it probably already has by the time i finish this sentence and i'm not even uploaded this yet <laughs> so chris jericho with his amazing double power bomb angle slam results in a kick out uh, a belt shot is denied and Chris Jericho locks in the walls of Jericho and Kurt Angle reaches the ropes and he gets to the outside of the ring where he sends China into the ring steps now while the referee is tending to China the belt is still in the ring just uh just just, just watch the belt here uh Chris Jericho goes for the lion salt but it is countered into a belt shot by Kurt Angle he rolls up Jericho to become the new Eurocontinental Champion, much like D'Lo Brown and Jeff Jarrett before him. Excuse me. And at this point in time, Kurt Angle is still undefeated. Eat that, Bianca Belair. Next up, the Dudley Boys versus the New Age Outlaws for the Tag Team Championship. Road Dogg coming out in that bucket hat. <sighs> yeah, I had one of those. Not a DX bucket hat, but a bucket hat nonetheless because, what, 2000? I was 16. Like, come on. I was trying to be cool. Clearly it worked. So Road Dog's cutting his promo. We're going to kick this shiznit doggy style, but not with each other. Don't know why you had to specify that, Road um, then In this match, you know, there is a fan Master through a table. That awesome bubble bum that sends shock waves up my spine and butt whenever I see it. See a low blow, road dog hit a nice superplex. Divon eats a Fay but on the I believe it was on the outside of the ring. But anyways, on the outside of the ring, Baba Ray Dudley hits Billy, Billy Gunn in the shoulder with a pipe, and then there's a 3D and we have new champs. Uh this would be Billy Gunn's last match in the company until October. He was undergoing uh, shoulder surgery, and I think amongst other things. And yeah, here we go. The Dudley's era has begun, and we're going to find out who they'll be facing at WrestleMania a little later on. Unfortunately, we have to get through Viscera versus Mark Henry. Uh, fortunately, it's the mm, sexual baby, nah, sexual chocolate theme, which is just awesome. Barry White, Teddy Pentagrass, that kind of stuff. Just that, uh, mm, yeah, baby, that kind of funny stuff. Uh, this was also part of the Mae Young uh, se- uh, section of Mark Henry's career where Mae Young entered the two words I thought I would never hear out of a 77 year old woman I'm pregnant. Much to the horror of everyone in the ring. Uh, yeah. So, Viscera comes out wearing a giant garbage bag. Henry is yeeted into the steps. This is boring. Uh, Mae Young tries to get involved. I think Viscera splashes her, or tries to splash her, or slams her, or something. But but you know what? Um, May would have asked for it. She... Oh, she uh, said to Bubba Ray Dalby once uh, they were doing that super bomb spot off the top of the platform. It's like, you know, you better not go easy on me, young man. It's like, if I find out you're going easy on me, I'll beat the crap out of you. Like, mm, yep, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with Johnny May Young. My goodness. So we have Mark Henry winning with a scoop slam. Yeah, this is boring. Um, what's not boring is the next match, the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian with the number one contendership on the line for WrestleMania. So this is just again going through the No Mercy thing. I'm gonna be talking about this all year. Uh No Mercy attire all over the place. And uh this is a rematch from their No Mercy ladder match, which was amazing. Uh Edge and Christian entering through the crowd. Terry's coming out with the Hardy Boys and then all of a sudden the APA come out here because uh, Terry hired them. Excuse me. Sip a tea there. Thank you very much, David's Tea. Please sponsor me. Uh, We have APA being hired by Terry to protect her from the Dudley boys because I believe she had a run-in with the Dudleys with a super powerbomb spot. So Jeff Hardy's coming up with his hair... Straight out of a pack of, I think he just took a whole pack of nerds out and rainbowed them in his hair. Looked cool. See that awesome tandem leg dropped by the Hardees. The shirts come off and the moisture start to increase in the arena a little bit. I'll turn on my dehumidifier. Uh, and then King with the pervert line of the night. Terry should take her shirt off just like her team. Ha-ha! Stop it, King. See a nice springboard moonsault on a Christian, a wicked Razor's, Matt Hardy going for a wicked Razor's Edge. It was a nice uh, counter into her and Canrana. Big hot tag, King still being creepy, making lines about Terry and her breasts. And I'm sorry, my throat is just so dry tonight, I'm drinking all this tea. It's gone cold, too. Balls. So, Edge pile drives jeff we see a really nice high angle pop-up powerbomb by edge the ref is distracted uh there is a wicked spot where edge is drop kicked in midair by matt hardy that sleeper drop we have excuse me almost a double pin here we see the event omega by the hardy boys a mid-air spear from reversed from the poetry in motion, and I am just immediately taken one year into the future to WrestleMania X7 with that wicked spear ladder spot. Terry shoves Jeff, slaps Matt, unprettier by Christian, and Terry turns her back on the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian win, and are going to WrestleMania. They look confused, and so does everybody else in the crowd. Taz versus Bossman with Albert was a quick win with a suplex. It was a quick DQ win. There was a suplex, Taz mission, and Albert interferes and causes the DQ. They have a post-match beatdown. Kane versus X-Pac with Tori in a no-DQ match. See, the setup for this match in which uh, Tori, I'm sorry, did I say Terry? I meant Tori. Excuse me, Tori. Was dating Kane for a while. Uh, X-Pac kind of kidnapped her. And maybe brainwashed her. Raped her. I, I don't know what the context was here. It was weird. So Tori came back as a mate of X-Pac. And I think it was around this time where the term X-Pac heat really took off. Because he became a despicable heel, asshole, turncoat kind of guy. Because Kane and X-Pac, we remember in 99 had a good run as a tag team man. two time tag team champions i believe this of course invoked the return of kane's quote-unquote father paul bearer into the mix to um encourage kane we see the wicked alternate black attire on kane here it was so cool like the black and red is reversed so everything kind of looks black uh Paul Bear just wanting to smash X-Pac. He's chasing Tori around the ring. X-Factor by X-Pac. Kane no-sells it. Paul is sent into the apron. We see a nice flying lariat by Kane. Tori gets tombstoned. Uh, Kane picks up the ring steps, brings them into the ring, but X-Pac spin kicks them, and they fall on top of Kane's head, allowing X-Pac to get a bit of leverage, get on top of Kane and pin him for the win next up we have the radicals chris benoit dean malenko perry saturn going up against too cool and rikishi oh so i do get to talk about the radicals debut so the month previous to this all four of these gentlemen were in wcw and basically there was a thing where they had the opportunity to get out of their contract they they wanted out booking was bad Uh, Everything was bad in WCW at this point in time. And allegedly, (coughs) excuse me, Shane Douglas was going to be accompanying them, but it just didn't work out for Shane Douglas the first, second time around, I should say, because he was in WWE for 1991. Then he came back as everyone's favorite teacher, not named Matt Stryker, Dean Douglas. And, you know, things with the click. So these gentlemen were invited to the WWE by Mick Foley on the. I think it was the 31st of January 2000. Of course they turned their back on Foley and they're like hey if you can win your matches on Raw you get a contract but they did not. However, Triple H was like oh yeah, uh he bought their contracts. Just the talent in that ring. And this included Eddie Guerrero who was uh, accompanying them but unfortunately nursing a arm injury. And they're saying, you oh, know, is this prom night Well, Eddie and China would have prom night at Backlash, and I'm going to be talking about that soon. Uh, Rikishi has a taped leg, selling an injury. Uh, Eddie uh, dislocated his elbow, hitting the frog splash on somebody, uh, and he brings out a pipe, which he calls his moral support pipe. Huh, I didn't know we can have those. Uh, So Rikishi's ass in that thong. Uh, I heard a story on Bruce Pritchard's podcast where allegedly that was going to be going to... uh, Yokozuna, Rodney. My goodness. Uh, Keish and Benoit have a bit of a match here. Uh, There's a stink face, and I'm reminded that they had a feud over the Intercontinental title some months after this, and it was awesome. Uh, King was saying something about the stink face, and he's like, oh, I'm glad this doesn't have smell-o-vision. That's funny. Also reminded me, I had a note here, that when Pete Rose was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, he's like, Hey, Rikishi, do you still use that cheap-ass aqua velvet on your ass? That's funny. Kish uh, cleans house. There's a hope spot here. Rikishi driver. Everyone's in the ring. whole bunch of wacky spots. We have the worm. Uh, we have legal man syndrome. Everyone's in the ring. Just almost the disqualification. They're trying to keep the big man down. He hits the hip-hop drop. Uh, there's a nice flying headbutt by Chris Benoit. Dean and Rikishi have a bit of an interaction here where Dean is trying to work his leg and trying to get Rikishi to submit. But we have a Rikishi driver and a bonsai drop onto Dean Malenko for the win. And Tukul and Rikishi get the victory here. And next up is Big Show versus is Big Show versus The Rock with the number one contendership on the line for WrestleMania. I'm sensing a theme here. I wonder if it's going to go on. So we see the rumble controversy and bad digital camera angles here of the Lex Luger, Bret Hart spot, but in the year 2000, or the John Cena, Dave Batista spot we would see sometime after this. And The Big Show is in complete denial about Losing the rumble saying, look, this is where The Rock's feet touch first. I am the winner. Uh, We see a whole bunch of stuff here with Big Show and The Rock. There's uh, DX is involved in this feud somehow. Big Show comes out uh, with a haircut. You, You are no longer Big Tuna. You are henceforth known as Big Haircut. Thank you very much for that, Andy. Oh, you're quite welcome, Mr. Threats i'll stop ah oh, man i love andy bernard one of the most hated characters on the office i love andy he was awesome <laughs> so uh yeah a whole bunch of wacky wacky stuff here big Show and the rock have their typical big show and the rock match nothing special the big show was 28 years old here which would make him now 48 and for someone who is pushing 50 big show looks amazing he is shredded he is in great shape. Uh this match is not really that good. Uh Shane O'Mac gets involved here. He gets a big pop because oh he's going to he's going to help Rocky here but nope. We have Hebner uh we see it no I'm sorry. We see a choke slam. Hebner pulls Tim White out of the ring because I think the big show would use a chair or something. There's a rock bottom. There's a people's elbow. And then out of nowhere, Shane McMahon slides under the ring. Wham! Hits a flying chair shot onto the rock. And the Big Show is going to WrestleMania. Or is he? Find out in the next episode or the next part. So, folks, this is it for this section of the 20 Bell Salute. Uh, I did a watch along for the main event of uh, Triple H versus Cactus Jack Career Versus Title. I did actually record it sometime before tonight. You know, this is about 11.31 p.m. on February the 10th. I believe I recorded this either last week or in the end of January. And it was uh, when I didn't have my new microphone. Actually, just last week, I got a brand new microphone blue yeti nano microphone which is why i sound so sexy and so good right now so that other one won't sound as good i'm gonna let you know this in advance now uh i know you guys probably won't care but just so you know so folks uh stay tuned for the watch along coming up after this i think i also did outro and plugs and 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 that kind of stuff in there so you'll 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 hear that so thank you very much for listening to this part and i encourage you to go to the wwe network and fire up the final match i'll give you timestamps and all that in the next section stay tuned welcome back everybody to the 20 bell salute i'm mr Fretz. we are watching no way out 2000 and yes it is now time for a watch along with the main event of the evening career versus title cactus jack versus triple h i am on a dvd vhs rip from i don't know what website on here on my xbox but if you go to the wwe network and go to approximately 2 hours three minutes and 39 seconds you will see the hell in the cell hovering above the ring triple h's music is about to hit his better theme in my opinion although i love motorhead ah thank you very much throat coat t that will get me through this so folks two hours three minutes 39 seconds i'm gonna hit play in three two one play Here we go, My Time by, I believe it was the DX band, here's Triple H and his new blushing bride Stephanie, and if you excuse me for just one moment, I am going to get my remote control. Howard Finkel announcing this match. Here comes Steph. Triple H with the Big Eagle. My goodness. It's this feud that really, really solidified my absolute hatred for Triple H. That is still mostly, mostly felt today. I know that Papa H is kind of the godfather the dad the main supporter of nxt these days but still i i don't like him uh i f- thought he was a little bit too much of a politicker uh not that talented in the ring honestly not a good wrestler but uh, you know to me he's always the blue blood or as my friends and i used to call him in in uh in grade school the prissy sissy to me he is still that stuck up big-nosed blue-blooded prissy sissy uh the pet like he still called this move the pedigree i mean what is, is he trying to get you know a dog food sponsorship i imagine he probably got free pedigree for life for making that name a little bit more famous but my, my, my goodness but Mick Foley Cactus Jack ah good this version has his actual Cactus Jack theme Uh, I think it's called like Slam something Slam Jam or something not to be confused with Slim Jim go retirement match Mick Foley Triple H now previously they had done the street fight at Royal rumble uh which was just one of the, the best matches of 2000 absolutely awesome uh mick foley uh, i'll give him credit he wanted to put triple h over on his way out why i don't know but hey hey to each their own i'm not gonna judge that but here we see the hell in the cell uh something that mick foley is very very familiar with uh king of the ring 1998 we all know uh that he almost died uh getting tossed off the top of the cell twice threw it and off the top of it by taker uh <clears throat> i think he special guest refereed a hell in the cell match with triple h a few years after this uh believe it was against kevin nash and it sucked I thought he refed another one with Batista, but I can't remember. Oh yeah, that's good tea. Good, good for my throat. I think I got something coming on here, folks. So, yeah, uh, it is not February yet as I record this half of the show. It is January 29th at eleven o two p.m. Uh, NXT just aired. The uh, <clears throat> browserweights Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne just won the Dusty Roads Classic. Uh, the coronavirus is starting to spread throughout the world Or SARS 2.0 and Triple H and Cactus Jack are getting started in the ring Triple H just ate a headbutt they're going in the ring here and they're just in the corner just trading blows of course being called here by JR and the King two people who are still commentating to this day 20 years later for two different companies and you know, I give JR a lot of flack because he gets a lot of names wrong. There's that head bump move that we all use, in No Mercy. Personally, I used to use Cactus Jack and beat Triple H on, like, super easy mode just because I hate Triple H. And I would put a ring belt underneath Triple H's head on that head bump spot. So you get ding, ding, ding. And you can tell here that everybody was being, um, either motion captured or they were using the very oh yeah yell at stephanie kick at her come on <clears throat> oh you kicking the door open yeah so no mercy for the 64 came out later this year one of the best wrestling video games of all time and all the attires i've been seeing throughout this night um, were all in the game like you saw chris jericho's uh, chris benoit they were all like basically the wrestlers. Uh, default attire you know i'm going to be recording the first half of this show later i figured that because i already watched this show i'm at the end now i've been taking my notes and when i record the first half of this probably in february itself uh yeah it'll make sense or won't make sense i don't make sense um this this week has just been a bit of a blur honestly uh you know we were aware of kobe bryant passing away that was really tragic uh just two days after that um my aunt barb um on my dad's side my living my dad's sister-in-law uh passed away uh it'd be last night as i record this so on the 28th uh uh rest in peace aunt barb um glad that we got to reconnect over the past couple of years my heart goes out to uh cousin johnny cousin rick uncle ron everyone on you know my side of the on the fret side of the family i know we we loved her she was a fighter conquered cancer kicked cancer's ass you know beat kidney failure ulcers all sorts of health problems that would have put her down for the count but she's she scrapped uh she was she was a tough old broad rest in peace see you again barb now we're Going under the ring, you can see some blue bins under there. Like, why, why are you recycling under there? You're just going to take everything apart. Unless those were, like, tote boxes that ring parts go back in. I I don't know. <laughs> so, now we got... We're just a couple minutes in this match. Oh, yeah. Whipping him right into the cage. Triple H is going back in the ring. Cactus Jack is bringing a chair into the ring. Yeah, no... In, and Triple H just yeeted Cactus in, back outside of the ring into the into the floor, down by the cage. Uh, now, Cactus Jack, oh jeepers, just whipped it, Irish whipped into the ring steps, just tumbled over them. No wonder Cactus probably had both of his hips replaced at some point uh now foley we know if, if you were watching wrestling at this point in time you know especially through the end of 99 or throughout all of 99 to be honest with you uh nick foley was just buggered his his knees were given out he was done He even when he was when he was writing in his book have a nice day which by the way one of the greatest wrestling autobiographies ever made i'm gonna have to get back into reading that again it was so good He's just, like, yeah, um, I'm buggered, but I'll, uh, I'll do SummerSlam, and then, hey, uh, oh, throws the stairs at his face, oh, gosh. Oh, man, you see why I hate Triple H? It's shit like this. Just being an absolute twat in a bellend, like, this guy, he pressed C left in No Mercy and just wailed it at his head. So Cactus, oh, chair with the steps on top of him. That's not going to do a lot because those steps probably weigh like 10 pounds, if that. They're hollowed out steel. Uh, Foley was just falling apart, and he stuck around for a while. I mean, he wrestled a really, really bad match with Val Venus, which I think I covered on the 20 bell salute. I know it took a couple of months off at the end of the year, uh, just because of, you know, holidays, and I wanted to figure some stuff out for the podcasts. And now that I've done that, you were chair shot in the spine. My fused spine is tingling. Unprotected right in the face. Jeez, Mick. And that's not gonna pin Foley, not a chance. I love those tiger skin boots. Chirp, why is Steph at ringside? just why uh, n- another person in the wrestling industry I can't stand Stephanie DDT yeah he uh, lifted that verse from the DDT from Arn Anderson you can tell and then later on he lifts the spine buster from him you know whatever Foley was falling apart and I know like the end of 99 early 2000 he... oh yeah bring it give me a chair shot he says right in the f- no nope, he goads triple H punks him in the gut Oh, low blow with a chair, like the side of the chair all the way right up friggin triple H scrotum. That hurts. Double BDT on the chair. That should be it already. It's over. No, it's not over. I've seen this before. Yeah, Foley, like he took some time, like maybe a couple of weeks off, maybe three weeks off of TV or he just took breaks in between TV, but went himself and got himself in you know a bit better shape than he was, like, well, than he was when he was facing friggin' Val Venus or whatever he was doing that Survivor series. He dropped, he dropped some weight, he dropped uh, about 20 pounds. You know, I can probably do about the same myself. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I think I'm coming down with something, maybe. Uh, yeah, might have coronavirus, I don't know. Um, So he went and got himself looking a little bit better for both of these matches and maybe another match coming up here later. Uh, There's a chair kind of set up for someone to sit on the... I see, yep. Triple H is going to have a seat in the corner on the chair. Mick Foley is just feeding him fists. Yeah, Cactus Jack got himself looking alright for this point in time. He looked good in this match. And... Drop toe hold into that seated chair puts a nice big dent in it oh that thing is pegged. it's done take it back to home hardware get your receipt my goodness yeah um yeah I said I've got to give credit to foley here you know he was he was toast but he made himself look good you know in 1990 you know 99 was jeez that that year was pretty bad like by the end of the year no Taker was taking time off for his groin injury. Uh, the toll of the road was just also aggravating it and too much. And you know his his gimmick needed uh, a reboot. You know that's why we got later this year we got the American Badass. Um, yeah Steve Austin went down. His his neck was like on borrowed time. He was saying uh hey. Excuse me, I shouldn't have done that right into the mic. If excuse me for a second. I'm gonna turn my microphone off and blow my. And I'm back. I apologize for 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 that. <laughs> so Austin was done. Yeah, you're not gonna get a, a pedigree on the steps. Oh, here's a nice move. Oh, so. Triple H was gonna try and pedigree Cactus Jack on the ring step. so Cactus Jack knocked him down, picked him up by the legs while still standing on the steps, and like whipped him into the corner. And yet Triple H is bleeding; he's bled. He got out his uh, trusty uh, elbow pad, or right under his wrist tape, and <laughs> just just got it. Uh, you know, if there's any anyone. <clears throat> he was good at bleeding and gushing it's like Ric Flair, it's Triple H, it's Shawn Michaels there's one time Eddie Guerrero against uh, JBL I think he must have cut an artery or something because he was like his face was painted like it was really really bad uh, now we're gonna go oh yeah cheese grater that uh, oh yeah just grating his head out there like a cheese grater Except that, actually, I've never tested that theory. I don't know how that would actually be like, you know, that looks like, this looks like the kind of wire fencing that's along, like, you know, the back of a baseball field. And I played uh, a year of softball when I was, actually, I was probably about 18. But it was lob ball where you, you toss it underhand, right? Uh, I don't remember any of that season because it, it was just a beer league. I was drunk most of the time, actually. And I skipped the t- like my, my my coach hated me because uh, that wasn't good but my friends are like oh I need an extra body out here uh, you don't it was free I mean I had a glove I had a bat you know yeah why not and now we're gonna see that assisted uh, Mick Foley elbow with a chair oh no off of the rope to the outside oh this is gonna hurt oh jeez and like there was not a long, not a lot of room to work there. Like that was in between, like ringside and the K, like the the cell, which looked like it's about two or three feet. Fans chanting "Foley, Foley." Of course, it, this is the guy that was basically indestructible. Like you go to you go to Germany, you get your ear ripped off in a match with Vader. I it, it, oh. Well, good. that almost hit, the, like, the freaking photographer. Is that Stu Sask's? <laughs> so, Foley just wailed the ring steps at Triple H. Triple H moves, and it breaks a part of the cell fence. Like, well, they're gonna go up top anyways, so why not? Oh, yeah. Triple H just... I mean, Rick Foley just gets a running start, puts himself through that wire mesh for... Why? I think Mrs. Foley dropped her baby boy on his head a couple times. Oh, never mind. He threw Triple H through it. I guess he was... He was beta testing that. Smart guy, Mick. Smart guy. Oh, yeah. Now, Mick's got a laceration on his arm. Probably from that fence. From that cell fencing. Yep. Now we're going to throw Triple H on the announce table. Move out of the way, JR. (coughs) Excuse me. Um... Oh, I think we're gonna see the pulling pile driver through the table. Here we go, buddy. Let's go. Oh That table did not break. Oh Yeah, Triple H, Black, there's Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich on the Spanish announced team right beside them uh, Yeah, those guys are gonna to have to move because that table I mean, death, taxes, and Spanish table spots. It's it's gonna happen. I mean, oh Mick, oh no, he's he's climbing. Oh no, no, this isn't gonna be good. Deja vu, King of the Ring '98. Um, I think I reviewed that with Nate. Uh, I'm not sure, but if not, uh, Game Changer podcast. I'm making the executive decision of reviewing King of the Ring 98. It's gonna happen. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Triple H just got whaled into the steps. Oh, see ya, Mark Eaton, timekeeper. And Stone Cold beer tosser extraordinaire, Mark Eaton, former timekeeper. Oh, it's Barbie. Oh, boy. two-by-four with barbed wire. It's Barbie. Uh, Stephanie. Um, Mick Foley wouldn't be above hitting you with that. You might want to move. Oh, yeah, Triple H is just like, fuck out of here. And the fans are like, ah, yeah, the fans are like, yeah, you're not. Oh, that's a... Oh! Right in the head. I remember, yeah, again, no mercy for the 64. I used to love playing, um... What was it brawl mode? It was like that endless battle world. You can win money for the SmackDown Mall. First thing I would do is I would get the the barbed wire bat because I would play through uh, WWE Championship mode with uh, like my curated guy, like Frets or whatever I call them, <clears throat> and yeah, and then get the money that way. Like I want the barbed wire two x four for my hardcore title matches because I used to do like you know. Like, what, universe mode before there was universe mode. Like, yeah, I feel like Paul London winning the Cruiserweight title and Booker T winning the WWE title because I feel like it. Oh, no. Yeah, they're they're both at the top of the cage. Mick Foley's about to... Oh, Cactus Jack is just getting cheese grated right in the face with that 2x4. And he's still hanging on the top. Oh, there he goes! Oh, by God, he is broken in half. They've killed him. Uh, Triple H's big shocked face, but he's just like, Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, Triple H, uh, I just, uh, put Mick, uh, the, uh, through a table, uh, because I'm a big, uh, nosed, uh, piece of shit, uh. Yeah, okay, posing on the top of the cage with that barbed wire. He lost his footing for a second. Oh, imagine if he just fell back and then his career is over. Oh, man. Yeah, too far? Asshole chant? Yeah, not far enough. Oh, yeah. I used to play, like, Hell in the Cell matches in, like, what, SmackDown vs. Raw or whatever the ones were for Xbox 360 and GameCube. I'm just going to toss Triple H off the Cell because I don't like him. Yeah, I know that's petty, but that's wrestling fan stuff right there, right? Oh, that's not as bad as his taker toss, but still, the cajones on this man to deliberately take these bumps like this many times in his career. Cactus Jack has a chair in his hand. Is he going to try and throw that chair up the cell? Are you mental? Oh, that almost hit the camera! <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that would have hit. Nope. <laughs> Triple H is like, what are you do it, man. What are you thinking? I mean, you gotta press C left on the N64 controller. That way, you can just throw it from a distance and wail right in the face. I mean, it's. I mean, if you do that from ringside, and then it just. Bumps your opponent in the face. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, shit. That's how I figured out it was a disqualification match. Yeah, or, you know, Bull Buchanan and Eddie Guerrero and Steven Richards would interfere in my match. Oh, okay, this is... I thought this was no DQ. Because I... uh, ah, barbed wire. Oh, here we go. They're both on top of the cell. You don't know what's coming here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. He's got Barbie again. Oh... Or the gut—it's oh, ripping his shirt. That got caught in his flannel, for frig's sakes. I know all this stuff is kind of reinforced and gimmicked, but when Cactus Jack got choke slammed at King of the Ring '98, it wasn't—you know—that I don't think that was supposed to happen. Uh, I'm not Pritchard, so I'm not sure. Hey Bruce, before you get your dick real hard with a blue chew, chat me up. Uh, was that supposed to happen? And the barbed wire is just kind of falling off the 2x4. Ah, oh, right, bear right, right in the nuts. Uh, Triple H and man getting hit by football. Uh, ooh, okay. Now Triple H is wobbling. So is Cactus. Uh, yeah. This wouldn't be the last time Triple H, uh, uh, Wrestles on top of the helm. The cell. Need I remember? Oh, oh, oh! There's a hole in the corner. Shh! You gave away the spot. Actually, no. If they went through that, they would both like land friggin' spine first on the on the ring post and just break every bone in their back. Not cool, man. Snap suplex on top. <coughs> That's those are the sti- the pieces of the mesh. Closest to the the edge uh, And right below that is is that little wedge in between ringside and the edge of the cell Would not be a pretty picture if they went in there because yeah, so I said there's not a lot of space in there Right, uh, we've got about 25 minutes in this hell in the cell match just so you know in case Oh double arm DDT. That's it triple H with the classic K knee bump from the pedigree uh, I guess Kane learned that from him. <clears throat> yeah, so this this event here, uh, No Way Out 2000, uh, I've liked it a lot. You know, we've seen the pay-per-view debut of the Radicals, a decent no-DQ match with Kane and X-Pac. Uh, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and Christian and the Hardys. Man, this is Attitude Era at its finest right here. Here we go. He's got the 2x4. What's he doing? No, he's not doing that. Okay, okay, he's putting the. Oh, shit. It's on fire. Barbie's burning. Foley started the fire. Foley's. St- Ryan started the fire. Oh my gosh. He hit Triple H with the burning. 2x4, but not really. But who cares. Let's not shatter kayfabe here, everybody. And he's just leaving it burning on top of the cell. And he's calling for the pile driver. He's calling for the cactus pile driver. Here we go. New WWE champion. It's over. Oh, he's going to... And... Oh, Jeevas Back body drop. Triple H back body drop Nick Foley over top of him. Through... Through the top of the cell into the ring. Oh, look at the look on Stephanie's face. She's loving it. Like, like... Bitch, someone just fell from a couple of stories. I mean... What a cunt. My goodness, like, here, this is, this is why I hate Triple H and Stephanie. I mean, she's a McMahon, so it's it's obvious my, my disdain for them because they're McMahons. Well, so is Triple H, but, uh, this is probably the start of the reign, Ra- I know the reign of terror was like 2002. No. Nah. There was a bit of Reign of Terror in 2000 as well, but he didn't have the belt for that long, but it seemed like it was eternity. Triple H is gingerly going to try and make his way back down to the ring and not blow up his quad. Yeah, here we go. He he climbed down gingerly. Smart guy. Uh, <coughs> so <it> was <coughs> so he wouldn't Kevin Nash himself. There's a big dip. De- Mick Foley put a big dent in that ring when he got backdrop through there. Oh, they're chanting Foley. Here's Hebner. Oh, man. It's not looking good here. Career and title. Uh, Mick Foley. Uh, he's not moving. I mean, he's squeezing his hand. He's giving. He's mo- No, he's not. No. No. Cactus Jack is moving, after that. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's uh, he's asking Triple H to bring it still. It, Mick Foley is the fiend. I mean, I, I can see where Bray Wyatt gets uh, inspiration for his fiend gimmick. Because he's indestructible like Mick Foley uses the man Clawback, Mick McFoley. Mick Ooh. Now it's making a bit of sense. Uh Triple H means business now. Here we go. We're gonna get a pedigree and McFoley's career is over. Oh there we go. Good night. One, two, three. <sighs> Fuck you, Triple H. I will never have any respect for you. That's it. And if you listen to earlier in the show, The Big Show defeated The Rock in a number one contenders match. So, Wrestlemania 16, or 2000, is made-evented by The Rock and The Big Show. I just turned off my TV for a second just because I don't want to see Triple H celebrating, but I know there's still a bit more to go here. Um, So... The next night on Raw is one thing that solidified my hatred for Triple H and Stephanie. Of course, we had the uh, Mick Foley's farewell uh, with Sarah McLachlan's "I Will Remember You," which I mean, come on, you could you could put that song in front of a Taco Bell commercial and it'll make me cry. Um, like you, you could put that you could put that song in a porno it'll make me cry <laughs> uh, uh actually never mind <laughs> um yeah so they did you know I will remember and it was a bunch of like Mick Foley blooper blooper reels and like like him with a skin mark in his pants or him like taking bumps and all that crap it was utterly disgusting I know it was an angle I, I, I know it was K- I, I like Mick Foley is the most self-deprecating man I know I, I know in wrestling. Him and Al Snow just take the piss out of each other and themselves. Like I do. Like I, I I poke fun at myself. I deserve it, for one thing. I, I'm an easy target, but... Oh, jeepers. They showed that bump through the ring. Just awful. Uh, yeah, they're getting Foley on the stretcher, but I don't think he wants to leave in a stretcher. He wants to crawl out on his own accord. That's balls. That's cojones. So, they turned Mick Foley's special tribute video into, like, a joke. And since that day, I never liked Triple H. Uh, He he caught me hook, line, and sinker a couple times with the whole DX thing. But then when he immediately turned his back on Sean in 02, like, nope, okay. he's, He's the... One wrestler that's been consistently on my my most hated list: him and the Miz. And Foley knows his career in-ring career is over, at least until 2006. But actional, yes, we can talk about that. Nate, put WrestleMania 2023, 20, 22, uh, whatever, Mick Foley street fight on the list. <clears throat> oh, boy, that's just through the. They're showing that bump again. It's I wouldn't be surprised if Mick Foley actually pooped himself taking that bump. Because he landed right on his arse. Everyone's standing up in appreciation. Mick Foley is... Crying. Oh, yeah, he's a little bit crying. A little bit teared up. Uh, The final farewell for Mick Foley. And thanks to Triple H, his career is over. That's, there we go. That's Foley's If you ignore uh, Impact Wrestling, which I don't blame you for, uh, there's there's the end of his in-ring of his full-time in-ring career. He takes one last look at the crowd. Foley forever sign. You're damn right, Foley forever. <clears throat> and copyright 2000. And. That ends No Way Out 2000 on the 20 Bell Salute. So, folks, stay tuned next month for WrestleMania 2000. Now, this is a pay-per-view that I actually fantasy rebooked. So, you're going to get a Brucey bonus edition right here on the WrestleAddict Radio Patreon for that very um, for that very show after I review it. And you know, WrestleMania season is coming full swing i know we had just had the royal rumble which was won by drew mcintyre and charlotte flair uh drew mcintyre was honestly a shocker but at the same time one of my predictions charlotte was i actually got it right because sasha banks wasn't in the match and you know what i'm kind of okay with charlotte winning because well it's a legacy thing Her dad won it, so I think it makes sense that it would have happened eventually. The WWE needs to create new stars in the women's division. I mean, they're going back to the well with Charlotte here, but I think someone like Shayna is on her way up. So, with that aside, I'm going to be talking about that uh, throughout the Game Changer podcast. You will have already heard about it by now, but in, you know, day of recording, uh, retrospective time... uh, whatever <laughs> so folks thank you very much for listening to this edition of the 20 bell salute please join the fam on wrestle addict radio follow us at addict underscore wrestle follow myself and nate on the game changer podcast on saturdays uh he is at real F and game uh, Kings of the Rings podcast drops on Thursdays at KOTR underscore podcast. The Young Lions Perspective at Suede Senator War uh, drops, I believe, on Mondays, maybe Thursdays. I know he does more than one show a week, so I highly suggest uh, checking out Zach, uh, his his show. The young, again, the young lines perspective is very, very well done. It's a lot different than some of your wrestling podcasts. I'll I'll give it that. It's very, it's very brash. It's very opinionated, but you know what? I love it. it kind of reminds me a little bit. I said this before, Zach. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Stephen A. Smith. And if you're up here in Canada, uh, Slack, that means you, uh, the like Tim and Sid or Primetime Sports with Bob McCowan. Very, very that. And <clears throat> I love that. You know, I, I love a little bit of brash and harshness in <laughs> my wrestling podcast. As long as it's not directed towards me. <laughs> so, yes, uh, there is going to be plenty of cool stuff coming up on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Some stuff that uh, I have ideas for coming up so maybe if uh, if we do them you will know join the fam, follow us help us keep wrestling real and good night